Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. God offers us a peace that goes beyond understanding, a peace that we can't even entirely fathom or even put words to. And when we're on his path, that's a peace that we get to experience. If the right path were defined by a care and concern for those with a different belief, with different beliefs and opinions than you, would you be on it? You don't have to agree with them, but do you still care about them? Do you still have concern for them? Do you still have compassion for them if they did disagree with you? Or are you sensing a growing anger and hostility and frustration at those who believe different things than you? Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. Today we will be studying from the book of Colossians in the New Testament. And while we call it a book, it was really a letter originally written to people in a city called Colossae by the Apostle Paul. The reason Paul wrote this letter is because the members of this church were new to the Christian faith and they had many questions. They wanted to know what the gospel was, what they should do with old traditions from their community and faith, and how this newfound faith should impact their lives. The same thing this letter did for those so many years ago, it will do for us today. It will inform us, challenge us, and guide us towards what the gospel really is and how it can impact our lives. Please enjoy the message. Now today we are continuing in this study of the book of Colossians. And as we've been going through this study, what we've been discussing and talking about is a church that's in a bit of a a turmoil. They're in a, what you might say, in a challenging situation. Now what's the, today is Halloween, but what is the next holiday after Halloween that's so significant? Thanksgiving, that's right. Well, in the spirit of Thanksgiving, I was doing a little bit of reading this past week on the Mayflower ship. And you may not be aware, or maybe you are aware of some of the story of this ship, but originally the passengers of the Mayflower had intended to land in a Virginia colony. And that made great sense in the fall season to land in a space like that. There were people there, there were communities there. They didn't necessarily want to be a part of those communities, they wanted to establish their own community, but they knew that there was at least something that they they had awaiting for them there. Well, unfortunately, when they arrived, they realized they didn't land in a Virginia colony. Instead, they landed in Massachusetts in the Cape Cod area. And the reason that they landed there is because whenever they were maybe a few hundred miles out, a significant storm had come upon them. And as that storm hit the ship, it caused the ship to drift several hundred miles north, ultimately to Massachusetts that we have today. And that's where they encountered a really harsh winter because the seasons had already shifted there. They were basically at the mercy of what was upon them. They had no way to plant crops. They really had no way to survive if it weren't for the local tribes that eventually came alongside them. And it was those tribes and those people's goodwill that lead us to tell the story today because it was that community that was able to survive as a result of that. And so we have Thanksgiving today. The reason I tell you that story, though, is that in much the same way, the people in Colossae have this storm that is brewing, the storm that is coming upon them, and it's beginning to cause some of them 
to drift. And the storm that's come upon them is really a storm of doctrine, of teaching, of some heresies that are beginning to infiltrate the church from religious leaders that are outside of the church. And a few of the teachings that are beginning to lead these Christians astray would be a Sabbath observance. And it's not to say that a Sabbath observance from a principle standpoint is bad. It just, they were adding to it from the simple gospel that we have talked about. And I'll share with you a little bit more today. And so there was a sense in which you had to honor the Sabbath or you wouldn't be right with God. Like that was a a works that had to be present in your life. In the same sense of a dietary restriction. There were some foods that you could eat. There were some foods that you couldn't eat. And if you had these practices in your life, then you knew that you were right with God in addition to Jesus. And then more specifically, and probably where things began to get a little bit more dicey with this church, they were also being taught that you had to hold on to a secret knowledge, a special philosophy of life in addition to Jesus. And when you had this knowledge, then you really knew you were right with God. And then on top of that, there were special visions that were being pushed upon the people in Colossae. And if they had, those, if they had received one of those special visions, then you really, really knew that you were right with God. And all of that led to this group of people in this small church becoming very confused about the gospel. And Paul hears their story, even though he's some ways away in Rome, and he writes to them about his favorite subject, which is the gospel. And as he writes to them, he communicates what we would say a very simple gospel, and that's this, is that Jesus plus nothing equals everything. And that has been a book title, that's been sermon titles, but it is a great formula for us to go by that Jesus plus not the Sabbath observance, not dietary restrictions, not special knowledge, and not plus um, some type of other philosophy that you may grab a hold of or even a vision that you might see. It's Jesus plus nothing equals everything. And that's the path that we need to be on. That's the path that we need to find. That is the right path. And as I, you know, assess my own life and talk with some of you and talk with many others, what I'm finding is is that Christians today and, and even people in general are encountering a storm. And this storm is causing many people to drift off of the right path that God has for them. And the reason that they're doing that is really it's all about the filter. You, some of us have a faith filter But often there's a temptation to create other filters that we run our decisions and how we use our time through. So we might have a, you might say a financial filter. And my decisions that I make are not going to be based upon, you know, does this bring glory to God? Does it help somebody to come into faith in Jesus? Does it help me to make wise decisions? It's just going to be how it's going to impact me financially. Or we might have a political or a legislative filter. And all of my views and all of my perspectives are not ran through Jesus. Instead, they are ran through, well, you know, what does this party think about that? Or what does that party think about that? Or what is this politician, this political leader, um, what is their perspective on this? And that becomes our filter for how we view the world. And because of that, we're starting to drift. Let me ask you a few questions that might help you get some perspective on if you're on the right path or not. If the right path were defined by a deep conviction that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, would you be on it? Or has your perspective maybe shifted a little? Because you know a person, you know some people, you know a religion, of a religion, you've heard of a country. 
And in light of that, you're beginning to kind of back off of this idea that Jesus is the way, the truth, and life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. That's the drift that's coming upon the church. That's the drift that's coming upon so many Christians. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope that this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we'd love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. Do you want to know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed at a local church. Because it's here that we met Jesus and he changed our lives. And we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We would love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com, for more information. And again, those Sunday service times are at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. Now let's get back to our program. If the right path were defined by a peace of mind about your life, would you be on it? Or is your peace of mind defined by circumstances and situations and things going well for you, things going the way that you want them to go? God offers us a peace that goes beyond understanding, a peace that we can't even entirely fathom or even put words to. And when we're on his path, That's a peace that we get to experience. If the right path were defined by a care and concern for those with a different belief, with different beliefs and opinions than you, would you be on it? You don't have to agree with them, but do you still care about them? Do you still have concern for them? Do you still have compassion for them if they disagree with you? Or are you sensing a growing anger and hostility and frustration at those who believe different things than you? If the right path were defined by a life characterized by sharing your faith in Jesus, would you be on it? Would I be on it? I mean, the truth is I probably wouldn't be. If I were to really be honest, as I'm being honest with you, if I assessed my life and think about the the grand scheme of eternity and and all the the implications of that, I, I, I think I've kind of drifted on this, that when I talk to people, that's not really something that's at the forefront of my mind is, is where are they going to spend eternity? Now, what, what, what is going on in their life? I feel like we have a message that offers fullness and a message that offers hope, and it does offer peace of mind. But I don't know if I'm sharing that nearly enough. If the right path were defined by a desire to love and respect your spouse the way Jesus demonstrated for us, would you be on it? Everyone has a few bad days, and, and you might even have a few bad weeks, but, but when it starts to drift into months and years, at that point, maybe you're filtering your life through the wrong filter. And maybe that filter is you and your desires and it's all about what you want and your dreams and your ambitions and you're not working together on those things. If the right path were defined by a heart to see his church thrive throughout the world, would you be on it? Nobody says they want a church to just fail or very few people. I mean, if you say you want a church to fail, that's just not a good thing. But 
But whenever you, whenever you really desire for a church to thrive, you're a part of it, you sacrifice for it, you love that church. Because when a church is strong, guess what? People are strong, you're strong. You can handle situations in the world so much better. You can handle your anxiety so much better. Your family is stronger, the community is stronger. Everyone benefits when a good church is strong and thriving. And that's what it means to be on the right, the right path. And so as Paul begins to write this text that we're going to focus in on today, what he's doing is he's trying to guide this group, of, this group of believers back to the right path because he sees that they're beginning to drift. And where they land, the conditions there may not be all that hospitable for them. And so he's wanting to get them back on the path that God wants for them. And this is where our text picks up. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. I love the first part of this, as you have received Christ Jesus, the Lord. That's the beginning. Everything has a beginning. It was that moment when you received Jesus Christ as your Savior, that moment when I received Jesus Christ as my Savior. It was in a little church in Nebraska, Nazarene church. Wasn't many people that went to it, but I would meet with this pastor there. His name was Pastor Dave. And, and it's not good to stereotype people, but I tell you what, if you think of a pastor in your mind, that's what Dave looked like. The pastor Dave just looked like a pastor. I mean, that's what he was born to do. He loved people, but he had this thing about his voice. It sounded like he had a frog in his voice. He, he's like, Philip, like ribbit, but it's Philip, Philip. And so we, we went through this study for several weeks and he, and he would talk me through what the Bible said about Jesus and how Jesus died for me and God loved me so much that he would send his only son for me. And then it all led up to this conversation in which he said, Philip, are you ready to accept Jesus as your savior? And I'm like, I, I think so. Do you think, what do you think? I mean, I really trust him. I said, well, what do you think? Do you think I should? He said, I think you should. And I said, oh, well, let's do it. I was, so what does that look like? And he said, well, and then he talked me through this prayer that I could pray. And there's different ways to do it, but you got to do something. And so he began to pray with me and he said some words and I was supposed to repeat what he said. And then he said some more words and I said some words and he said some words and I said some words. And then eventually it was an amen. And, I, and I'm like, is that it? And then all of a sudden I look at him and he's crying. And I'm thinking, oh man, it was, should I have done this? Like, what's going on here? He comes and gives me a big hug. And, and the reason I tell you that is because my life had been leading up to that moment. But I didn't want to take that step until I was ready to do the second half of this. As you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. So walk in him. In other words, follow through on what you believe. Many of you have had that same moment. Maybe it was with a pastor. Maybe it was with a parent. Maybe it was with a sibling or a friend or someone else in which you receive Jesus as your Savior. When it comes to not drifting, and, and you're here this morning, you're connecting with us online, and so I'm guessing you're trying to get back on track or you're still on track. You are, begin, you are following through on what you believe. And so I'm going to give you four things that Paul talks about in this text here. And the first one is this. If you want to avoid drifting in your faith, you have to follow through on it. You have to be willing to walk in him when it comes to your faith. The, book, the writer in the, the letter of Hebrews said it this way, that we must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. We must pay 
If you want to walk in him, if you want to avoid drifting in your faith, you have to be willing to make that sacrifice. That's what paying does. It causes you to lose something so you might receive something. And what you receive is a journey down the right path. So you have to make that sacrifice. You have to pay the most careful attention. When you say that, whenever you tell somebody to be careful, you tell them that because it's dangerous. Because there is a storm brewing, you might say. And so you have to be careful. You have to be carefully attentive to what? To what you have heard so that you don't drift away. And that requires sacrifice. That requires attention. That requires a bit of caution. But that'll keep you on the right path and keep you following through. Now, when I'm teaching a kid to shoot a basketball, and I, I, I share this every once in a while, I coach basketball, share it about every other week. I'm not proud of it or anything. Just, just once you all know, I coach a team. Anyway, so I teach them how to shoot baskets. And, and as I'm teaching them to shoot a basketball, I, I teach them certain techniques. I'll teach them to catch the ball in the shooter's pocket like this. I'll, touch, I'll teach them to make sure you have all your toes pointed towards your target because they have this tendency to like have their toes pointed in different directions. And I tell them, no, no, don't do that. You want to have your toes pointed towards the target. You want to have your knees bent. You want your elbow in. You want to make sure that you, as your elbow is in, what that does is it creates a V here as you're holding the ball on your fingertips. You don't want the ball on your palm. You want it on your fingertips. And you have the ball right there in your hand and it creates a V that you want to go through your right eye. If you take the V through the right eye, you're going to have a really good chance of keeping everything in alignment, your toes, your knee, your elbow, now the ball. You don't want to take that V through your shoulder. You don't want to take it through your left eye. You want to take it right through there. And then as you, want to, as you release high, you want to make sure that you do this. Follow through. You can mess up a few of those other principles when it comes to a jump shot, but if you get the follow through right, you can still shoot a decent percentage because it's the most critical thing to a good jump shot, you gotta have the follow through. It's one of the most critical things to walking with the Lord, to following after Jesus. It's not enough just to believe. You have to be willing to follow through. You have to be willing to walk in Him. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. I hope that this message has been an encouragement to you. I know that it has been to others. You see, it is through the generous contributions of people like you that this ministry can thrive and get God's truth out into the world. I recently received a card from someone who said, thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. They are encouraging and refreshing as we get the opportunity to hear biblically-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. And that is just one of several notes that we have received of those who appreciate the teaching here at Hope for the Day. If you'd like to become a partner of ours, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website at valleyviewcc.com. It's there that you can click on the Give tab, and then you can designate your gift to go to the Hope for the Day ministry. And we would love it if you would partner with us in this way, and I know many others would as well. If you are in the Denver metropolitan area, 
We wouldn't want you to just be a supporter of ours. We want you to attend one of our services in person to be a part of the experience that we have here at Valley View Christian Church. We offer three service times on Sunday at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And it's at each one of these services that we record the messages that you hear here on Hope for the Day. Now let's get back to today's broadcast. And then Paul goes on. He says, see to it that, they, that there is no one who takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception in accordance with human tradition, in accordance with the elementary principles of the world, rather in accordance with Christ. He says, see to it that no one takes you captive through, through philosophy. Do we have any philosophy majors in here? We got anybody? anybody, anybody? Oh, good, good. I'm glad you can support yourself. Um, just saying, I'm just saying, you know, you, you don't get far with a, a bachelor degree in philosophy. I just, like, I know it's a little low, but just, just saying. You know, you got to add a little more to it. But here, but I also want to say this, though, if you love philosophy, he's not saying philosophy's bad. Really, at the primary characteristic of philosophy, it's not either right or wrong, it just is. But he's talking about a religious philosophy. And he's saying this religious philosophy is empty, it's deceptive, it's exciting, you ever heard a teaching that was a little different than Jesus, just a little off, but kind of in line with him? But it was compelling. It, it was so good, you thought, man, I could really, I could, this, this could do something for me in my life. Example of this that came out about 10 years ago is the book, The Secret. The book, The Secret, just the whole premise of the book is simply this. If you think it, you can get it. If you think it, you can create it. It's the law of attraction into your life. That, that's the whole premise of the book. And to be super clear, the Bible does teach you that you need to think pure thoughts, holy thoughts, noble thoughts. But you don't think that because of what you will get. You think that because of what you've been given. You don't think that because of what the world might have for you. You think that because of the love that God has given you in Jesus. When you are loved and you know that love and you experience that love and you're trans changed by that love, you're transformed by that love, then all of a sudden your thought pattern is transformed in your mind because you know that you are at peace with everything. And you think differently, not because of what you will get, but because of what you've been given. And let me just say something. If I were to get what I have been thinking in my life, my life would be a train wreck right now. I have, I have thought of things that I thought I wanted, but thank God God knew better than I did. Thank God that he knew that that wasn't something I needed in my life. That law of attraction is very exciting and incredibly compelling. And it stirs something in you because you think that you can control it because you think that you know what's best. I think I know what's best. But we are in God. And this is one of those types of teachings that you got to be careful to not make it the foundation of your life, which is the second F that we have here. Keep Christ the foundation of your faith. If you haven't noticed all the words that I'm going to be sharing with you today, start with F, you know, kind of like my report card. Keep Christ the... <laughs> keep Christ the, the foundation of your faith in Denver just this past week a house sold in the metropolitan area for the most money that a house has ever sold in the Denver metropolitan area 
Mike Shannon's, Shanahan's house sold for $15.2 million in the Cherry uh, Creek Village area. $15.2 million. And all that he had a part of that was 30,000 square feet. I mean, you know, I don't know how you're doing with a couple thousand, but he had 30, so I think he was making it. He had 30,000 square feet, 65-foot pool, the racquetball courts, the poker room, some wine thing that he had. He had all, he had everything that you could imagine, seemingly, was in this house and so so it sold for 15.2 million dollars incredible but let me tell you something if the foundation of that house would have been shaken broken not stirred but you know what i'm saying shaken broken it would have been shifting unsettled off that house wouldn't have been worth well it probably wouldn't have been worth anything the land would be worth a lot. If the foundation was bad, then somebody would just buy it, tear down the house, and rebuild something else on it. That's how important the foundation is. And these teachings in our world that are so shallow, very philosophical, incredibly compelling, are not a sure foundation. And they will, they, when they are weighed, they will be found wanting. And you cannot build your life on those types of teachings. And that is why Paul said this in 1 Corinthians, according to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder. And so Paul is saying, I'm a builder here. I've laid the foundation. He's not the foundation, but he laid a foundation. And another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. In other words, you can't make a, a foundation that has a little bit of a teaching from, from the secret book or a little bit of teaching from this personality on social media, a little bit of teaching from this popular talk show host, a little bit of teaching from the Bible, and then you end up with this foundation that's all out of sorts. That's, that's Paul saying you can't do that. You gotta have a foundation that's Jesus because that's the simple gospel. And so he's saying to this church in Colossae, push aside these teachings about visions and special knowledge and whatever else you're hearing, all of that is shallow. You just need Jesus. Well, unfortunately, we have to bring today's message to a close. But my hope is that the word that was spoken was an encouragement to you. That's always our hope here at Hope for the Day. Did you know that these messages are recorded at Valley View Christian Church every Sunday? And if you're here in the Denver metropolitan area, we'd love to have you attend one of our Sunday services at Valley View Christian Church. We have Sunday service times at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And we'd love to have you come and attend one of those services and be with us. And I, Pastor Philip Hahn, would love to meet you in person. And also remember that the Hope for the Day broadcast is available on your favorite podcast provider. So we look forward to having you again with us on Hope for the Day.